Welcome to this edition of the ASHA podcast. I'm Fred Wyan, Director of Communications with the American Sexual Health Association, ASHA. So it's September, and the World Association for Sexual Health, WAS, is launching its eighth annual World Sexual Health Day observance on September 4th, and the theme for this year is love, bonding, and intimacy. Uh, in support of this, ASHES will have activities throughout the entire month, so really for us, Sexual Health Day becomes Sexual Health Month. And in that spirit, we've asked our friend Dr. Eli Coleman if he'll spend some time with us to chat about sexual health. Dr. Coleman, welcome. Glad to be with you. Dr. Coleman is a professor and director of the program in human sexuality at the University of Minnesota Medical School. He's also served on ASHA's board of directors, so we go back a long way, and I'm glad to have some time with him, so let's just jump into it. So as I mentioned, the theme for World Sexual Health Day or month is love, bonding, and intimacy. And Waz, in commenting on intimacy, they say, it almost always implies being sexual with another person, and they encourage us to really develop a broader perspective about intimacy. So, would you talk about the importance of intimacy in a way that looks beyond sex with another person? Uh, sure, Fred, I would be happy to. And I think that, you know, many people don't understand that being sexual is so much broader than being involved in the sex act. Um, our, our, our sexuality is a central aspect of being human throughout life. And not only does it encompass, you know, the sex act, but it, it involves our, our gender identity, our roles, our sexual orientation, our eroticism, our fantasies, our, our experience of pleasure uh, and obviously it includes reproduction sometimes um, and it definitely involves intimacy and connection and love and emotions and communication and so it's not only or necessarily about genital contact so I think it's great that the World Association for Sexual Health is focusing on uh, these broader aspects of, of our sexuality, including love and intimacy and bonding. So does this discussion of bonding and intimacy go beyond the relationship we have with, say, a life partner? I mean, what, what about other relationships like family and friends and other loved ones? Um, should we expand our view of intimacy maybe to include them? Absolutely. I mean, we we are we have different kinds of intimacy with different people, and uh, our intimacy needs are are not all satisfied if uh, by our uh, if we're in a relationship uh, by our uh, our partner. Um, we we need connections and closeness and intimacy with. A lot of people, and clearly, you know, uh, it's beneficial to have that from one's one's family um, uh, and and friends. Uh, these are intimate relationships, and they are a part of our our sexuality. You mentioned um, that. Uh, the things like gender ID, the way we look at ourselves, that, that figures into all of this as well. 
it seems like there's just a lot of change going on. I mean, it wasn't that long ago when most people didn't support same-sex marriage. Now, not only do majority support it, but it's the law of the land. And we see a right. lot of, yeah, and we're seeing a lot of, uh, of activism around transgender rights and how, you know, and the, how one views oneself. So would you talk a little bit about that? How does this conversation of intimacy and bonding, which seems kind of personal to me, but it's almost like we really do need a much broader view to even look at society and culture. Well, I think the important thing is that no matter what one's gender identity um, or sexual orientation is, that we we all have the basic uh, needs of expression of of our sexuality, our needs for love and and bonding and that is not the the province uh, uh the exclusive pro- province of people who are uh are heterosexual or are in uh are legally married um remember that most of the world doesn't still doesn't uh, permit same-sex marriage or again there's issues of people who are transgender and they're they are in connections and relationships with other people and they may or may not be married but everyone has that that need that capacity Um, and I think that this is really important because I think that part of the way that society has looked at some some people with different gender identities and sexual orientations is that 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 this is just about something you know about sexual expression rather than recognizing that these are people like everybody else that are really searching for connections and love and relationships and um it was very interesting you know here in Minnesota when we were debating uh, gay marriage, for example, and had a referendum on whether we would, uh, you know, allow same-sex marriage. And the campaign was not so much about, uh, you know, people's right to be married if they were not uh, heterosexual, but it was about recognizing that gay, lesbian, bisexual, you know, have, have love one another mm-hmm. and that we need to be able to sanction that, that love. Um, and that it wasn't necessarily about sex. It was really about just really recognizing loving relationships and that love is love. Uh, mm. and, um, so that was, and we were, as a result of that way that they they waged that campaign, we were the first uh, state in the nation to have a referendum that approved same-sex marriage. And uh, I think that uh, focusing on the love aspect was a key aspect of the campaign that was really convincing. And that fits right in with the idea of looking at intimacy and bonding beyond the mere act of sex. There's a whole lot more to it. That's right. Um, Absolutely. A couple of years ago, ASHA had a sexual health summit, and you were one of the attendees. And I'm going to butcher this, but 
you 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 threw out a nugget that that resonated with me. Basically, essentially, you said that we can't separate sexual health from our overall health. Each is impactful on and predictive of the other. Something to that effect. Basically, sexual health really impacts our overall health. And I wanted to talk with you a little bit about that. So, how do love, bonding, and intimacy really impact sexual health? And I guess the larger question is. Does that is that impactful on our overall health and well-being? Absolutely. Uh, I see health as a, a three-legged stool. Uh, you have your physical health, your mental health, and you have your sexual health. And uh, you need all three legs of that stool to really um, be in a healthy uh, state. And, uh, you know, physical illness, uh, mental illness will, will impact one's ability to, you know, be uh, healthy overall. And one's sexual health is that third part of the, the, the stool, the legs of the stool that are so critical for overall, overall health and, um, and I think sometimes we forget about that. But when you think about uh, sexuality in that broadest sense, it is so basic and intrinsic to a person that without really knowing who you are sexually, being able to express your your sexuality, um, recognizing that basic a part of sexuality is connection and uh, and bonding that without that uh, that impacts people's physical health and it impacts their mental health mm. well they all impact one another but for example you know one of the most important things for a child is that you nurse them you give them food uh but you really need to touch them, to love them, to make them feel that they are worthwhile. That's that's the sexual part, and and we need that throughout our our lives. And if we don't have that, if kids are not touched or whatever, we know that that they will fail to thrive, and and mm-hmm. and literally they will die. Or again, what is the impact of loneliness? People isolated, people in nursing homes that uh, are, don't get uh, touched, they, they don't get uh, enough attention. I mean, I think that we know very clearly that if we don't have that, though that, that part of our life nourished, that that is going to impact our physical and our mental health and our overall health. So sexual health is just essential to overall health. Uh, let me take this conversation back to a little more of the uh, the traditional view of love and intimacy, like with our main squeeze. So uh, many years ago, a friend I've always regarded as being astute told me some people give sex so they can have love. Others give love so they can have sex. Now, that's a broad statement that's you know, missing the nuances of relationships, of course. But what do you think we need to understand about the interplay of love and sex within a relationship? And I guess the lines can get kind of blurred sometimes. 
Well, that's uh, yeah, that's very interesting, and um, and they are different. You can have sex without love. You can have love without sex. Uh, but uh, there is a a sweet spot when those are really kind of inter interconnected. Mm. Uh, but it, what you were talking about also is that some people, uh, in terms of trying to seek love or to uh, seek sex, that they feel this need to um, not seek it directly. Um, uh, people uh, search for love in all the wrong places, or mm-hmm. they're running around uh, trying to find uh, connection and uh, maybe having a lot of sex, but there really isn't much uh, intimacy. Um, or there are uh, couples that are married uh, for 40 years and they really love each other, um, but it doesn't always naturally lead to um, uh, sex. Um, so we need to really keep in mind what we're really looking for. <clears throat> and, um, and uh, again, it doesn't have to always, um, coincide, but it sure is a sweet spot when we are able to really find that, that overlap between, uh, sex and love. There you go. Well said. If I can ask you one last thing, and this is a bit off script, but I, it occurred to me that I should really touch on this. Uh, one of Ash's areas of focus now is sex across the lifespan, sex and aging. We even have a tab on our website, uh, Sex After 50. Yeah. Yep. And so I wanted to touch with you about that. Do you think, uh, do you think attitudes there are changing? Are we getting, are we more accepting of the idea that, you know, it's not only are people sexually active in their golden years, it's actually good for them to, to do so? Well, first of all, we're, you know, we're living longer and we're staying healthier longer. And the, the biggest predictor of someone uh, being sexual or having sexual even desire is how, if they're physically, mentally healthy, again, going back to, to how they're interrelated. So as people are aging and they're living longer and they're feeling, they're wanting to have sex. And uh, so um, this is a, this is a big uh, change. And yet, um, they're going through, they're losing a, a partner. Uh, they're having to, they're searching for new partners. Uh, they're living in assisted living uh, facilities. Mm-hmm. And how do they really, they have the desire, they have the, uh, the, the capacity. Um, and, and, and I think that they're all trying to figure out how does this work? <laughs> Um, sure. at, at this stage of life. And the other thing is that they're forgetting about that they're still vulnerable to sexually transmitted infections. And so um, they they forgot uh, what they did when they were, you know, teenagers or young adults and yeah. using condoms. And uh, that's uh, that's very important. But the desire for connection uh, for for sex, uh, really, uh, is 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 lifelong, and it is um, it is definitely uh, 
something that's very important to a lot of older people and a challenge for them to really find that and and find it really uh, meaningful. They don't all have to be sex, you know, again, the sex act, but again, going back to that broad definition of sexuality, that they are getting some of those needs met. And, and many are really are getting it met through, you know, their intimacy uh, needs. And I just wanted to interject, you know, that I, I have a little definition of intimacy that, um, you know, I think it's a word that's thrown around and, and people, you know, don't quite know, or they just think it's uh, equated with the sex act. And it's not. So um, for me, intimacy is connecting to, it's relating to, or sharing a deep and unique closeness with another person. The reality is, is that it is hard to define as it's just something intangible. It's not a commodity. However, it is something you know in your heart and soul when you experience it and you know when you don't. So I think that everybody on World Sexual Health Day should think about the quality of their intimate relationships and connections uh, and how satisfying that they are for for themselves and and if not to really seek that out and and try to connect uh, more uh, with each other and that brings about um, a deep meaningful life to have those kinds of connections that kind of intimacy absolutely Dr. Eli Coleman, thank you so much. It was really a pleasure chatting with you today. Um, you know, I, as I was listening to you there, just about each topic we touched on, I think we could probably do a po an entire podcast episode just on, on that. So I'm hoping you'll come back and chat with us again sometime. This has been wonderful. Anytime, Fred. Thank you so much. And happy Sexual Health Day. Happy Sexual Health Day, everybody. Absolutely. Happy Sexual Month. Happy That's right. Sexual That's Life. Yes, exactly. And, and look, if you're listening to this podcast and it's after Sexual Health Day on the 4th of September 2017, as Dr. Coleman said, we're going to have things all month. So keep checking in with us. And beyond September, we've got sexual health year-round. So, so please check out all the things on our website, including this podcast and future episodes. So thank you to everybody who listens and downloads. Uh, you'll find us online at ashasexualhealth.org. And you can also sign up on the website for uh, our update email. So whenever we launch new resources like this podcast, you'll be the first to know. Until next time, this is Fred Wyan for ASHA. So long, everybody. <laughs>